0: Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now, your hosts, Jason and Peely.
1: Well, welcome again to another edition of the Real Estate Investing Foundation Podcast. It is Monday, and with Monday, we bring you everything that has to do with multifamily. But today, we are very excited. And I will say we, as in me, myself, because Peewee's out there doing all things that power women do and uh, taking care of the little ones. But I do have Dino Pierce of Edified Equity today, and we have a very awesome story we're going to bring to the table. So, Dino, welcome. Please give us a little more feedback and
0: guidance on who you are. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me here so now i am your partner congratulations
1: (laughs) to me because it's an awesome partnership and
0: congratulations
1: to all of us and all of our partners
0: yes yes all of the um, equity partners uh, gps it's just phenomenal opportunity but a little bit of background on me i've been investing in real estate for a little bit over four years have some single-family uh, fix-and-flips. Not that I ever ran a crew, but what I would do is find a great opportunity, would market direct to sellers, then bring in someone who had that knowledge and wisdom to actually see the project through fruition. And we would partner. And I might even lend a little bit of the money, uh, part of the fix-up, and we would kind of settle things on the back end. I did that for about three years, um, and I would say two and a half years into it, I had a good friend who was COO of a large um, apartment community acquisition company, and he kept telling me, "Man, you're doing great in biz." I also run a medical device business. You're doing great on your medical device side. You're you're killing it with the single family and the private money lending, but he's like, "I know you have to be getting killed on taxes, and you should really look into apartment syndication." So I did, and uh, I probably took. The first close better uh, part of eight months to really just learn the business and i was taking action at the same time networking with brokers trying to find deals um and 11 months later i was able to close on my first syndication so it was a process but now i'm in and there's no looking back i love it i like the the impact that we do i'm sure we're going to talk more about that but i like being able to alongside the financial gain and the phenomenal tax benefits that or go along with this alternative investment. What I love is helping people have a safe, affordable place to live because I believe that the space that we're in is a is a basic human need that's always gonna be there no matter what the market does. And I like being part of a company that provides that. That's awesome. And one thing to note is that
1: here's where, I guess the rubber meets the road, right? You were having a good issue, you're, you're having tax hits because you're doing well, and someone suggests you of an opportunity that you could go out and research, and that may help you in this. But instead of just saying thank you for that, you went out there and researched, understood the opportunity, understood the viability of the opportunity, took action, and then within 11 months made it happen. So the quick thing there is this can happen quickly. 11 months doesn't sound quick, but if you think about what just happened in the last 12, 24 months, how quick that flew by, think about how much you did and uh, yeah. congratulations to you so yeah. we are here today with Dino and Dino and I first met we actually met in Denver and mm-hmm. at, at a convention at our a conference and then happened that we both were brought into an investment that we were both uh thinking about partnering on and we decided it wasn't the, quite the right opportunity for us. We were, we were not the, the lead on the opportunity. Uh, and then when we did have another opportunity out there, we decided to partner up together and we're very excited about this opportunity. We just closed on as of uh, now about a week and a half ago in Louisville, Kentucky, our bread and butter uh, right in the South side of Louisville. Yes.
0: So yeah, thank
1: you. A couple things. First, is we always talk about market because market is very important to us. And from that part, you know, what do you think coming into Louisville? I know this is your first foray into Louisville, what
0: were some of the things that really stood out to you about the market? Well, what's what stood out was that it was, I mean, it was it was in the open. So I've had a lot of the LPs that that came in or were interested from my side, that they wanted to do the research and everything we were able to provide or they were able to pull up on their own showed that this is the place to be. I mean, and even though we had found a bit um, from a, a syndication expert saying that Louisville was one of the top three markets of 2018. So what, what we like is that. Don't tell everybody. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But, but what we, so what we like was well, the, yep. The population was growing, the economy is growing, and it still has a ton of room to grow. So people want to live there, they're able to find jobs. And at the same time, it's growing, it's the desirable place to be. Um, I know as far as I mean, we looked at everything related to crime, we had a a really you guys in alignment with a phenomenal property management company, because the analogy that I always use is, we're the coaches, but they're the quarterback, we're going to be Guiding them along and telling them what place to make, and on a monthly basis, looking at expenses and income line by line. But ultimately, I believe management can make a break in investment. So we had that there. And it was those two things economy and market, and room for growth. Correct.
1: Yeah. That was all the points you just hit on there. Also, construction starts were, were something that really stood out to yes. us. There's not a lot of new projects coming online this particular submarket in the foreseeable future i think we have one about two years out with that we from a building perspective what really stood out and we could talk about you know finding the opportunity this was not this isn't our first uh first opportunity in louisville it's not our only asset but this was something that we found a long time ago i mean we're talking over a year ago and this is where patience and persistent basically plays the course is that we found this opportunity and we had negotiations with the seller and we were close, but no cigar. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. went our separate ways, but what really sealed the deal here is that we consistently followed up and with follow-up, that's where really you can find the, find the ultimate decision to get to a closing. And that allowed us 12, 14, 15 months later for this deal that we found to get back into the mix and finally get this to the finish line. And what was really funny about this is that over that horizon, we basically stayed the course with our price because this is just what worked for the opportunity, but the owner or the, the, the prior owner or just the the past seller of the week ago, he actually did two rent bumps over this course of the last 12, 15 months. So although we were able to stay the course with our price guidance and get it there, he, unknowingly raised the rents throughout that time. So we went back there and renegotiated with getting our price to the finish line. We actually came into a property that had now higher rents. The great news there is that the rents, even though he raised them up some $50 per unit per month are still almost a hundred hours under market even if we just walked right across the uh, parking lot to, to a neighboring building so right. ton of room to grow ton of room a ton of opportunity here and it's been a very exciting exciting foray back into Louisville Yes. But let's talk about uh, from this for bringing you in as a partner what did mm-hmm. you see from the opportunity side beyond Louisville what really do you like about
0: this building the submarket, what really stood out to you yeah well one of the things that I really liked was that it, it wasn't an experiment although we were thrilled because you can look you can look at the research and know that if you find the right building at the right price that Louisville is the right place to be I know, hush hush, but, um, but what I liked was that you already owned uh, approximately 100 units not far from this area, and you already had a relationship with a property management company that you really liked. So, when the underwriting took place, we weren't underwriting based off of, off of uh, projections. We're actually underwriting based off of performance, and that is huge because, again, we're not experimenting. If this can happen x miles down the road in the same market, we can do it here as well. Um, so I really like that. and the other thing I liked about working with you and Kevin is you have a similar conservative nature. so we we talked earlier when we first started. it was like it took me eleven months to close on my first apartment community, but I had actually worked on three that never made it to closing simply because. We're in the same mindset. We're investors. We're not gamblers. So if it doesn't make sense and we can't come to an agreement while we're in contract in that due diligence period, we will walk. There's no reason to get involved in something. But with this, we had all the green lights. I mean, I ha- I remember have- working with an investor, and um, he was – cold calling brokers off of LoopNet to, to find out more about the market. You know, they're just really doing that. And uh, one of them had a friend or brother-in-law or something who was a surgeon out there, nothing to do with real estate, but it was, a, it was a win-win. And it was hard to, you know, we get under contract, we start trying to talk ourselves out of the deal and we couldn't do it. So <laughs> that was another reason. the conservative nature, having the relationship, having the track record already in the market Made it a slam dunk of an opportunity.
1: I absolutely agree. And just for people out there, what also stood out to us is uh, um, what got us first into this deal was that the uh, prior deal we had purchased, the broker who was on the seller side knew that we, it's a similar asset that we like this opportunity, like these kind of opportunities. And so Mm -hmm. when he actually found this opportunity, he thought of us first and gave us the first run into it. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's where. Doing what you say, saying what you do, and follow through, especially with brokers, definitely stands out. So continue to have broker conversations, even at this time of stage of the market, because it definitely pans out. And for this, yeah, you're absolutely right. We're just going to rinse and repeat on our process, right? There's no new thoughts here. Just continue to do it. and for someone who doesn't have an asset yet, that's okay. You just have to do your homework. You have to talk to a number of different management companies, understand what's viable, understand what can actually happen within a market. So you can get down to the price of where your property is going to operate at. Because yeah, we talk about rent raises. That's great. But regardless of what our rent raises are, that's not an overnight process. There's leases, there's other perspectives. You know, we want to keep an occupancy at a certain level, but we can start to work immediately on expenses and getting expenses under control. And if you can understand what you can do there, that can have almost or even more impact than your increases in rent and income. So from that perspective, do you want to talk about some of the uh, day one plans with the building?
0: Well, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think uh, one thing I want to touch on before we even jump into that, I don't want to lose my, lose this on my memory is you're right. There's so much, like just how you got this kind of, it was like a pocket went right to you and Kevin first, um, where we don't look at deals unless it comes from our management company or it comes from a broker that we've closed past deals on before. So once you get to that level, you can, they know what you want and they know you're going to close. Like you say, you know, do what you say, say what you do. It's, it's going to come to you. Um, not initially because you have to either prove yourself or align yourself with the people who have already proven that. But I think it's a, I mean, it's not like a major reposition. It's going to be basically upon natural turnover, slowly bump the rents, get them to where we need to be, uh, to target. And, you know, we don't want to overkill so that people move out. But like, you know, like I always say, the truth of the matter is, if you're at market or even slightly below to keep that occupancy up there, I think that's a great way because a great way to to run the business. Because if I go out shopping after my the um, the, the management company increases rent or the owners whoever, and I see that wait a minute, um, I'm upset because they're increasing rent. But the truth is, it's actually like twenty five dollars more a door for the same square footage across town, and you know moving just doesn't make sense now. So maybe I was. Maybe I thought differently, but then when I put the pencil to it, I understand what they're doing and why they're doing it.
1: Absolutely. And you're you're spot on, right? So we're going to go out there and basically just let the tenants know that we're there to make this building better. And Mm -hmm. that's as simple as they call for a maintenance request. Well, we go out there and fix it instead of having uh, an owner who prior was doing everything himself and really – it, that's where it is. We, we have deferred maintenance on the building and we also have a lack of management that we're going to be able to correct now. So we're going to go in there and put processes and systems in place and then start basically repairing all the loose items. And that's where on, on a high level, that's where it can get very expensive. If You have little leaks here or there. Well, that adds up to your water bill, especially if you are paying water. So we're going to go out in there. We're going to make sure we have any tub surrounds, any little leaks. We're going to address them immediately. We're also going to start working on our water savings plan. Starts changing out uh, toilets, aerators, faucets. And we've done this prior. It's cut down our water bill over 30%. So it's... astronomical way that we can just save on our bottom line. Mm-hmm. Past that, then we're going to start doing a rebranding on a building, a simple rebranding. There was a poor dilapidated sign out front, which was the only reference to this building. So we actually gave uh, three different options for a name out to investors and we're going to be renaming it. So everybody's very happy to, to go forward and have a new name with the building, new presence with the building. And that will give the tenants also an opportunity to see that there is going to be a new, better presence, and we want this to be a better community for everybody surrounded within the building. Yeah, so that's where we're at right now. It's just in the first stages, and the first stages is just takeover happened uh, just over a little over a week ago. Uh, bring takeover letters into the tenants, start giving them the new directives of how we would like to operate, just to give them more clear position on how expectations will be and how we're going to make this place better for them. And then now have our, maintenance staff come in, start answering the call, start fixing all the things in there. Um, we want to do a few things with parking lots, laundry rooms, of course, getting, getting cold with the weather. We'll wait for that for after summer. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then Linda required repairs will also be formatted within there that we'll start knocking out over the next six months. So very exciting time. We're, We're super excited to see what we can do here. And, uh, I think this is really going to be another great investment for all
0: of our partners involved. Yeah. I mean, improving the, I mean, when you, even, anytime you get something self managed, it's very rare that they're doing good of a job as a best in class management company in that area will do. So like you, that's number one right there. And then the other thing is to create that community environment so that people want to call it home and like live there for 20 years. And I think is if you can create a no, actually, if you can create a community environment to where they know their neighbors, you coordinate things at the community so that you you strengthen that you know, more like a family and like I say, a community. People will stay even as we bump the rents to market. That's exactly right, and we've had a lot of success doing tenant referral
1: programs on other properties and. At first, you, you would think, uh, tenant referral program, so you're paying the tenants. Well, it, it pans out tremendously because if you get good tenants in a property, and then one of your biggest costs is turnover. And then you get those good tenants to come in there and they refer their friends and actually get paid to refer other good friends to come in there and yeah. live. Well, you start having your friends live in there and you start having a the community there. Well, they're going to stay longer. So not only do you have a better community because you have better people living there. Now you also have people staying longer. So you're avoiding your biggest cost, which is turning units. And so that's yeah. a very exciting promise. We're looking to put that back into play with this building right here. Uh, we do, I think, $250 uh, tenant referral. Um, but as we do, we'll, we'll transition and make sure we have the right tenant base in there and just making this a better community for everybody. Yeah, of course. Awesome. Anything. What have we not covered? What what else would you like to cover?
0: Uh, we talked about, we talked about the, the market, the opportunity, um, some of the business plan and why we partnered together. Um, I don't know. I think that wraps, I mean, as far as. This project, now it's a matter of just executing and managing the managers, although, as you know, they have a really good track record, so that's not something we're concerned about at all, which is, was one of the benefits to getting coming on board. Um, it, now it's a matter of executing the 10-year the plan, if not you know earlier, but execution and make sure that they're, the coaches are coaching that quarterback and we're, we're taking it to the finish line. Yep. And
1: you're spot on, right? So we, we have a great management company there, but you want to have clarity with the management company, right? And I think one of the the places people falter is that you're like, I have a management company, so I'm good. But if the management company, even if they're good or not, has no direction and you're not giving them guidance or, or setting parameters for them, then ultimately they're just going to do their thing. And uh-huh. you probably aren't going to be happy with the result. It might not be the management company's fault because you haven't really given them clear expectations. So for us, we have, particular things in a turn that we expect of them. We have particular things that we, have, we want to be changed in every every turn, particular things, particular way we want the unit to, to look. And that makes it very easy for them because they can go in there. And so they don't have to go through a million different options and things they want to do for a turn and go back to us. They know these are our set parameters of what we're going to do for a turn. So they get in there and say, okay, hey, here's back, here's here's the cost for the turn. And we go through and we say, okay, yep, that's all the items we have in the checklist. It's very simple. And then on our point, there's no decision making. We don't have to worry about cutter yeah. to, we don't have to worry about anything. We, we know exactly what we want each time we do a turn. So it makes it easy for the process from us from a standpoint of mm-hmm. being able to quick to your decisions. And why this can be important is we just talked about turning a unit can be your most costly thing. Well, being vacant is very costly too, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're waiting yes. for us to make a decision on color and, you know, I'm like, hey, you like this fan. You don't like this fan. You want to put a light in. You know, what, what are we doing here? Well, every, that's taking away money that that you could be making right here by having that unit filled, especially in prime leasing season, if you have people ready to move in. So right now yeah. we're trying to make sure continue to just take our clear expectation, one property translated over. Everything is very, very simple to the bat, keep it moving. And, uh, from this, we'll start continuing to get our investor updates out monthly, and we do a big uh, updates quarterly all the way throughout the year. And uh, that allows us to keep our partners informed on the opportunity, uh, of course, what's going right, uh, what we're continually working on to make better, and what's going to be action plan going forward for the next uh, few months or a particular year in hand. And so a lot of it's going to be just on really maintenance and construction right now. And that's fine because that's happens a lot. And a lot of the the heavies happen in the beginning. And there can be a lot of moving parts because not only are we happening to take on renovations, but we're going to be now working on processes for applications, collections, and then any rent bumps or unit turnovers. Because with anything that happens in the beginning, you, uh, of course, will have tenant turnover because some tenants are, are very excited to see change.
0: And just like anything in the world, some people are not excited to see change. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing uh, just to touch base on real quick is the loan structure, because there's so much, you know, so many talk out and out there saying, you know, should I be buying now? Should I not be? For me, the answer is if you're B and C and you're looking to provide safe, affordable workforce, working class housing, the answer is yes, especially when you can like the loan on this one, for example. So, There's not a big giant balloon. We've got it locked for a long time. We can actually probably ride out another market cycle with this. And furthermore, the debt debt coverage ratio is in the right place. So even if we're fully occupied and because of the market, we've got to bring the rents down a little bit, we're still going to cash flow. We're still going to be able to pay the loan. We don't have a balloon. It's like we're safe. So if you finance right, you don't over-leverage. And again, you're providing that B-C- workforce housing that is a I mean Maslow's hierarchy of need states we need shelter that's what we're providing a basic human need so when you know what happened in seven eight and nine when people got in trouble if if they were underwater with the house and had to relocate and sell if they didn't have a family member in this new area, they moved into B and C workforce housing. And the people who were living in the A and, and you know just experiencing the luxury, who were paid more than a mortgage, mm-hmm. they came down to the B and possibly C. So I think we see an increase in the occupancy, even if we had to lower the rent, and we're going to be fine. Yeah, and I absolutely agree. And being so under market compared to comparable properties, I mean.
1: We only have upside, right? And so for this, the tenants, if they, they move, they're not going to be able to find comparable two bedrooms, which we all are within the immediate area. But you're spot on, right? We took on longer term debt with fixed interest because we don't want to be forced to be in a position where we have to sell or have to make a decision that's maybe not right for our vision or, or our investors based on being at a poor time in the start in the cycle right now. So being that we are quote unquote at the, at the top of a cycle, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a wizard, but on that point, you know, over 10 years, uh, a lot can change and we have plenty of time to make good decisions over those 10 years. Well, good. I, I think that's a great, recap of just take over the property look forward to doing this again in a few months and we'll dive into where's the nitty-gritties what's gone right what's gone wrong and what we're doing to fix it overall yes that's perfect well Dino Pierce of
0: Edified Equity thank you so much for coming on with us today yeah thank you and I appreciate the opportunity you and Kevin uh, provide so I'm excited to you know like I said before let's now it's time to execute and let's have some fun doing it that's awesome. Well, good. Dino, thank you so much. And uh, to everyone
1: out there listening, thank you so much for tuning in today to another edition of the uh, Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast. It is Multifamily Monday, which I almost stuttered over, but it is Multifamily okay. Monday. So that's why we just covered all things multifamily. And again, thank you, Dino Pierce. Awesome talking with you. Check Sir. it out. Bye now.
0: Okay, bye. Thanks for tuning in to the REI Foundation podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.